0: A young man born to wealthy merchants had a special love for the poor and he would go out of his way to take care of the poor that he knew of the poor that were around him he was a very prayerful young man and in prayer he recognized a unique call a call to a radical poverty a call to do something special something great for the lord but his parents didn't like this idea. His parents were very much disapproving of this. In fact, they wanted him just to continue with the family business. and So they put him on the spot. He had to make a choice. Is he gonna follow God and God's will or is he gonna follow his parents and their will? This goes well with what Jesus says at the beginning of our Gospel passage, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. This young man had to make a choice. Who does he love more? His parents, who gave him life, who've cared for him all these years, or God, who gave him everything? This young man, as some of you may have guessed, is St. Francis of Assisi, and so we know the choice that he made. He chose to follow God, even though he had to, in a way, kind of disown his parents, because they didn't want him to follow God. They wanted him to do their will instead. And it's good that he chose to follow God. The church benefited greatly because of his decision. There were abundant blessings for the whole church, and I assume also for his own family, because he loved God more than he loved his own parents and chose to follow God as a result of that. This scenario seems to happen more and more often even today, though where a young man may be considering the possibility of entering into priesthood and his parents disapprove of it. In fact, when I was in seminary, I knew of at least three young men who were convinced that God was calling them to enter into the seminary and to pursue priesthood. But because their parents were so strongly against it, they never made it into seminary. God's plan is always the best plan, and so If God wants your child to go to the seminary or into religious life, then he's going to bless them abundantly. That will give them the greatest joy following his plan, following his will. We also have another scenario. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, Jesus tells us in our gospel passage. A mother and her son had a disagreement. She was trying to live a life of faith, Catholic faith, but her son thought that was superstitious or silly. He was a very well-educated young man. I think he was a lawyer. And he gave a lot of credit to reason and the ability to think. And his mom had faith, but he was dismissive because that's just what mom says. And he chose to live his life his own way. That was very hard for his mother. And so she was put in a difficult position. Does she choose to continue to follow God at the expense of her son, who's distancing himself from her because of her faith? Or does she choose her son in hopes of trying to stay close to him, give up God? Well, the right decision would be to remain faithful to God, even though it caused distance between her and her son, She prayed for almost two decades, and eventually her son, by the grace of God, encountered a bishop who spoke very eloquently and was very well-educated, a man that he respected and he was willing to listen to. And even though this man, this bishop, was the instrument in which helped him to be converted, he attributes his conversion to his mother. Maybe some of you have guessed it already, I'm talking about St. Monica and St. Augustine. and So even though it was difficult for that time that he was distancing himself from her, because she loved God more than she loved her own son, it worked out for the best, not only for them, but also for the whole church. And as paradoxical as it may sound, when we love God first, when he's most important to us, then everything else will fall into place And we'll actually love these other people more than if we try to put them first. And the reason is because if we're closer to God, He will help us grow and expand our capacity to love. He will make us more capable of loving them than we would be on our own. But if we simply choose parents or children and make them our top priority, then our capacity to love is not going to be expanded by the grace of God. And it won't work out well for us, because Jesus says that those who do that are not worthy of him. So it's important for us to remain faithful to the Lord. These two parts of our gospel passage, in a way, are articulating the first of the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other God before me. And while today it's less common that people are worshiping like wooden statues, people still have other things that they make more important than God. For some people, it's pleasure. For some people, it's fame. For some people, it's sports. And as we hear in our gospel passage, for some people, their false God is their parents, or their false God is their children. And Jesus is warning us against that. Now, choosing the true God over all of these other things can be very painful. It can be very difficult. But Jesus has something to tell us about that, too. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. It must have been a true cross for St. Francis of Assisi to have to disown his parents in order to follow the will of God. It must have been extremely difficult for him. Unfortunately, I don't know his story well enough to know what happened with his parents, but I imagine that through the grace of God, they would have grown in the faith as well. We do know this, what I have already said about St. Augustine and St. Monica, that they both became great saints recognized by the church, and the whole church has benefited from them. But it must have been a true hardship for St. Monica to be without her children. Her, without her son, with her, because he was distancing himself because of her faith. This can happen many times even today, where children choose a different path, and that causes conflict, especially at, at celebrations, at Christmas and Easter or Thanksgiving, other holidays. There can be dif, dif, difficulties, there can be tension, there can be stress in those situations because of the disagreements about the faith. But as we've seen in these examples, when we follow God, when we keep him first, it works out for the best, even if it's not as quickly as we would like it to be, even if it means we have to carry this cross for a while. Jesus goes on to say, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is kind of a confusing statement, but what he means is that if we're living for this world, if we're living for our earthly life, we're going to lose it. We're not going to be able to live forever here on earth. And if this life is what we're living for, then we're also forfeiting our eternal life, being with God forever in heaven. But if we put heaven first, if we put union with God as our top priority, then we're going to reach that goal. We'll be there with God forever in heaven. And the joys of heaven will even start to be experienced here on earth. I can imagine the joy that St. Francis of Assisi had, living out his vocation, or the joy St. Monica and St. Augustine had after his conversion. This is a joy that they experienced even here on earth, a joy that God wants to share with us, a taste of heaven. The last part of our Gospel passage tells us about doing good works for others, receiving them for the sake of God. Even in this case, it's about keeping God first. We hear about those who receive a prophet, because he is a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. He's saying that whenever we do something that's good, whenever we do something that's holy, and we do it because of our love for God, we will be rewarded. Not only with eternal life in heaven for living out a life of faith, but we'll start to experience that even here on earth. In fact, our first reading gives us a sense of this when we hear about the prophet Elisha there's a married woman who recognizes that he is a prophet of God, and so she has him over at her house repeatedly in order to take care of him as he's traveling back and forth and throughout, following God's will. In fact, because he is a prophet of God, she even has a room prepared at her home so that as he's passing by, he can stay the night. Because of her generosity, because of her love for the Lord expressed Through the prophet Elisha, she was granted a great reward. Because he asked the servant, is there anything that she needs? And the servant tells him that she doesn't have a son. That she would really like to have a son. And so Elisha, because of his intercession with God, promises her that by the next year, she will have a son. She's rewarded, even here on earth, because of her love for the Lord, expressed through taking care of Elisha. So God promises us great things if we follow him. He promises us great things if we remain faithful. Even though it may mean we have to pass through difficulty and challenge here on earth, even though it may mean we may have to carry a cross for a while, if we remain faithful, we will receive our reward. So let us take this next moment of silence to consider, what are those crosses? What are those difficulties? What are those false gods that we might have to face and overcome? in order to follow the Lord as he calls us. Let us consider what those things are and how God is calling us to follow him rightly as we prepare to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist.